And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Hello and welcome to Two True Freaks. This is our first impressions not quite spoiler-free. We're going to say spoiler-light because we're going to try for spoiler-free. Or we're going to try our absolute best, but we'll probably have some minor things in there, uh, here and there, sprinkled in. So we'll say spoiler-light. First impressions review for Guardians of the Galaxy. Woo-hoo. So, yes, yes, very excited. Uh, before I introduce uh, the other folks that are going to be joining me on this, my name is Scott Gardner, by the way. And I kind of want to tell you the backstory of how it is that we got to see this movie before all of you did, which is really awesome, right? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, thanks to the nice people at Disney Parks blog uh, that I I haunt their site daily, I saw that they had a thing come up, which is essentially, hey, we're doing this meetup. It's going to be a free preview for Guardians. You know, the first however many people that can respond back with an email, uh, you can sign up for it. So signed up for it and uh, won a spot in it so it was uh, I could bring myself and one guest so of course I had to bring my buddy Dr. Bill Robinson came along with me yes 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 (laughs) you're welcome thank you and so Sunday rolled around it was this past Sunday was the uh, the meetup for this it was at the AMC 24 at downtown Disney which was uh, it's really nice I love that theater and so Bill and I met up, and we're hanging out in line, we're checking out the costumes and the different geek shirts that everybody's got and everything, and just kind of waiting our turn to be led into the theater. And all of a sudden, I hear somebody call my name, and I look and I'm like, how does this poor homeless man know who I am? I have no idea who he is. And then as I, when I looked closer, I was like, oh my God. It's Todd Grady. Flea, Flea Beard. Yeah, I can't even say it. Flea Beard himself is there. And I'm like, what, I know this homeless guy. What, what, what has happened to this man? He used to be such a such a such a good looking, vibrant young fellow. What happened to him? But no, I, I joke. I joke. But like I told you at the time, Todd, I, I literally you you had changed so much with the beard and everything. I wouldn't have known you if I tripped over you. So I was I so happy. I can tell by the look on your face. You had no idea who the hell this guy was. It, it took it, honestly. It did. It took me a minute. It did. It took me. I'm looking. I'm like, who is this dude? But no, as soon as you spoke, I, I realized who you were now. Now, if you guys, some of you, some of you guys that are newer to Two True Freaks may not realize who Todd is. It's been a hell of a long time since we've had you on the show, which I feel yes. awful about. Well, it has and it hasn't because, in a, in a weird sort of way, you're with us for every single episode. So, sure. get, give the folks a, a little uh, clue as to as to who you are and how they should know you on every show. Uh, let's see the the maybe it's the intro. Mm-hmm. No, I can't remember which. Where, where do you guys play the uh, play that section at? Right at the beginning of the show. It's usually sometimes we might do a, like a little teaser, and then we play and it, and then other play, episodes. It's like do, and now. Yep. That is that the one. Yep, you, that's you just, the one. Yeah, yeah. And now, time to sit back and enjoy. Yep, that's the one. So I like to I like to call you Mister Voice because you are Mister Voice. What's funny is that I always thought it was pretty much a dead giveaway because I think your voice is very distinct. But I've had a number of people say that they thought it was either Chris or I that had done that voice all these years. And it's like, he doesn't sound anything like us. So I thought that was really Wait, funny. Wait, no. So he's not your Uncle Don? 
<laughs> no, he is not the Uncle Don Stinger at the end of the at the end of some of the episodes either. Which is hysterical. good night, little kids. Good night. I love that. But uh, yeah, so you know, you were there and and you you spotted us in line and everything and came to join us and you uh, you brought along uh, the fourth contingent that was with us for this thing, which uh, again, longtime listeners will hopefully remember, uh, Eric Peterson, and uh, God, I mean. I, I had not seen you guys in so long, and so it yeah, was really nice. Off. It has been an awfully long time, too long of a time. So I was really glad that, that you had spotted me in line and everything. So we all met up, and uh, it was just lucky, you know, dumb luck happenstance. But we all met up, and we went in together uh, to see uh, Guardians. So we go into the theater, and we were all issued special wristbands and everything to identify ourselves. And what's funny is that at the time they issued them, I realized that they were all different, but I didn't realize why they were different. I, I was actually looking at it thinking, oh, this is weird. They just grabbed like random, you know, random bands, you know, like like they didn't have enough money to buy like all the same one or something. <laughs> yeah, because four matching armbands. Yeah, exactly. And and so it was like, yeah, because one was checkerboard, one yeah. was yellow, blue, and I'm not sure what the other, or like a solid red, I think, or something. So I just, I remember thinking that was really weird, like we were getting like the leftover bands from some event or something. But it turned out that there was a there was a whole rhyme or reason to that that we can talk about after uh, after the movie proper. But anyway, we go in and uh, and pretty much got the got the preview, and it was the full deal. And again, oh, I, oh wait, 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 we get we got free popcorn and free soda yes, too. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we got free popcorn, free soda, and I mean, I was impressed by. They, you know, I mean, they treated us to the, the whole thing. It wasn't just the movie. It was the movie that was the 3D version of the movie. So we got the special mm-hmm. glasses that we got to keep and everything. It was, I don't know if that was considered to be their their IMAX type of thing or not. It was a huge screen, but I don't think it was the, see, they don't have IMAX at that theater, but they have something that's that they tout to be very similar to IMAX. It's like their version of IMAX. But I don't know if that was it because that screen yeah, was huge. But I, yeah, I don't think that was like an IMAX size screen. But it was really large though, and I thought the sound system was, was just awesome in there. Well, but yeah, the three D glasses they gave us were were uh, done as you know, in the style of each one of the characters, right? Uh, each one mm-hmm. of the major characters. So we kind of got random random pick of those and got to keep those. That was really cool. Now, I know, Bill, you got Rocket Raccoon. Yes, I got. I'm still not sure who mine's supposed to be, but I think it's supposed to be Star Lord. It should say on the side. Mine, I got Drax. It actually, they actually say Drax. On oh, the it side. actually says it on the side. Let me see what mine says on the side. See, mine says, mine says Milano. So I don't. Milano. That's the name. That was the ship. Oh, oh, all right. That makes sense. Okay, so that's that makes the, sense with the color scheme too. Yes, I wonder how that was Star Lord. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Yeah, I know because that was my thing. Is oh, because there was six. There was six sets of glasses, so you had right. five guardians in the ship. And okay. then the ship. Okay, so these are the ship. All right. Well, good. That solves that. Because I remember somebody joking that uh, that it was Blue Falcon, which is kind of what it looked like. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And which one did you get, Tom? Drax. You got Drax, that's right. And then Eric got, uh, I think he got Rocket Raccoon like I did. Mm-hmm. I think. So then, uh, after a little bit of preamble, and they, they had some characters there, which was really cool. Some people dressed as the characters and everything. Pretty much right down to brass tacks, the movie starts. 
Now, had you guys known much or seen much about this before going to this? I mean, as far as the movie goes, I'd just seen the, you know, all the trailers and, and whatnot, but I had not done, I hadn't done a whole lot of reading into the movie. Um, and I was, I was, even though I do read comics, I was only passingly familiar with the, uh, with the property anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, I was trying to stay away from everything. I wasn't trying, I wasn't reading any articles, nothing. I'm familiar with the characters. Because uh, what happened with Avengers is I stumbled upon a link on the Sci-Fi Channel site, and it said, Top 11 Josh Whedon Deaths. Not thinking. I scrolled through, and when I got to the last one, it was Coulson. So I was spoiled on the Coulson death before right. I went in. I'm like, son of... I was just... My wife's like, what's wrong? I'm like, God... <laughs> so any any article that said, "Hey, could this?" Get? No, 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 la, 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 la. I'm not listening to you. Right. But uh, I'm more familiar with the older Guardians uh, property uh, from their time in the Avengers, and I also used to collect the uh, the series that came out in the '90s. And I've touched on a little bit of the Guardians in uh, some of their formation in Annihilation. And then a little bit in conquest, but you you're more up on that than I am. So, so that's about it for me. Well, uh, Shag Matthews and I had met up at Disney. This is going back. This has to be well over a year ago, maybe maybe closer to two years by this point. But we had met up uh, just for an evening. While we hung out at Disney uh, for a day, and we recorded while we were there. And one of the many things that we talked about, cause it was a, it was a conversation about like everything in geek world was about the fact at that time that we had just heard that, that guardians had been greenlit as a film. So, that, you know, this is going back a ways and we were kind of talking about it. And I had to admit to him that, you know, I knew who like the classic guardians were as far as like, you know, Finhead guy and guy with the arrow, you know, and all in, you know, diamond head guy. And I don't even know what the hell their name, the big are. fat I'm, guy, yeah, Yondu, guy Charlie 20, yeah, Charlie Yondu, 27, Martin X. Yeah. Uh, Nikki was the chick with the fire hair. Yeah. Yeah, Vance a- Astro. So to me, that was the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. But even them, I didn't really know that well because I didn't really even know their names. Now, and then I saw like the promotional image that came out. You know that that concept piece, and I recognized certain characters like Rocket and Groot and everything. But I'm like, wait a minute, how how are these guys the Guardians? So because it was going to come out, and it was going to be you know, uh, I, I knew it was going to be highly touted. It was going to be the next new big Marvel thing and everything. This was like the first time there was a movie coming out that I was going to be interested in going to see comic book related, but I didn't really know anything about it. And so I I wanted to kind of bone up on it. So I went and I read everything, you know, starting with Annihilation, going up to whatever the current thing was at the time, which I think was like Annihilators, the, the miniseries stuff. And having never been remotely interested in Marvel Cosmic stuff, was amazed how I got completely sucked into it and really, really liked it. So by the time the trailer for the movie hit, that first trailer, I was pretty psyched up. And seeing that first trailer made me think that, wow, they're really capturing the flavor of this thing. So I was really excited for the for the film and everything. But I didn't allow myself anything more than that first trailer. I saw the first trailer and I'm like, I'm sold. I want to see this movie, so I'm going to stay away from everything. So I didn't 
click on anything I saw on Facebook. I didn't watch any further trailers. There was a thing that had popped up about, you know, here's what Rocket's going to sound like. Never clicked on any of that stuff, you know. And the only other thing I allowed myself was recently at Hollywood Studios, um, they, they started having a preview that they were showing in the old ABC Sound Theater. And I was like, you know, it's Marvel in the parks. I can't not support this because I've been wanting this for so long. And knowing they keep track of numbers and attendance and all that, I was like, I've got to support this thing. So I went to it thinking, man, I hope this doesn't spoil stuff for me because I really want to be spoiler free, but I got to go see this. And I went to it and it's about a 15 to 20 minute presentation that was essentially, it was the entire beginning of the movie, minus uh, the scene with the boy at the beginning. It was the moment from where it shows the planet and Peter lands on the planet all the way up through the chase, all the way up to just before the pink girl comes up through the floor plate. So that entire, like, what is it? About a 10 or 15 minute stretch. Mm-hmm. It was in, it, the preview at the studios is presented in real 3D. So this was the first time I had seen something in 3D where I was like, I want to see this movie in 3D. So that's why I was so glad that our preview was the full 3D preview, you know, that we got the whole showing in 3D because I thought that was awesome because that's the way I wanted to see the film. Well, as as a testament to the 3D, um, it's been a while since I've seen a really good 3D movie. I think the last one I saw was Avengers, but that one at my theater was was not that good. So there was a scene uh, about the middle of the movie, I think it's a knife fight that Drax might be having with uh, another character. We won't say who. But there's a point where the one of the knives he has flies out of his hand, mm-hmm. and, it, and, it, and it went to the right of the screen. I ducked my head to the left. <laughs> now, I either did that because I was just so involved and sucked into the movie or because of the 3D or both. And I, I I was amazed at myself. I'm like, holy crap, I really ducked that knife. Right. And and it was, it, it just, it didn't take away. Like, anybody that saw episode one when it came out with the 3D re-release, oh, it was horrible. It it just it gave me a headache it was it was this whole that whole you know the background was just blurry and everybody was in the front and it just kept making your eyes focus where this are you sure that wasn't just episode 1 well yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, yeah this was this was this 3D was awesome now it's my understanding that i don't think it was filmed in 3D but then again don't really? don't quote me on that oh. that's i heard something about that but i I can't confirm that. See, I wondered about that because there were a number of scenes that I was thinking, how did they make this work? You know, where where were the 3D, where, where was the 3D filming equipment and all? You know, trying to think of like the logistics of the placement of everything that made me think that maybe it was a post-conversion job. But I'll admit, I haven't seen a whole lot of 3D movies, mostly for all the reasons that you cite, because usually, for one, they give me a headache, they usually look mm-hmm. blurry, the colors usually kind of wash out a little bit, and the worst or thing darker, for me yeah. is that up until this film, I have never seen a 3D movie where there wasn't at least one moment or one portion of the film where the 3D didn't work, where the, where, where the lining up just wasn't right. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and that's usually like when things get try to get really close to your face, 
they'll kind of do that split to where you can tell that it's two images and it, and it doesn't fool your eye. I never had a single moment like that in the entire film. Well, I don't think they tried any, and that's one thing that kills me about 3D movies sometimes is they go out of their way to give you at least, you know, at least one or two stupid 3D gimmicks just to, you know, here's how far we can stretch 3D. Right. And that's when it, that's when it breaks, and that's when you think about it being 3D, which is for me when it ruins it. Mm-hmm. So we we watched the film, and. Uh, after the film was all over and everything, we had we had learned just prior to the movie starting what the magic, or you know, I was going to say magic bands, what the uh, <laughs> what the uh, wristbands were all about. That each one was coded the way they were because you were supposed to get in a certain line when you went back downstairs, and based on the the color of the band that you had, was the line that you got in and the free gift that you got. Mm-hmm. Now. Let's tell the folks the free gifts that we got because they were awesome. I think we got, I think we got the the best of the four. Mm-hmm. Because now, what, we, what were the four? Because I remember one of them was a was a mask that I I honestly was not interested in because I know my bulbous head wouldn't fit into it anyway. <laughs> yeah, one was a rocket raccoon action mask. Action that, mask. Right. They were all the, the, the newer Hasbro uh, the Hasbro line of toys for the movie. Right. And the other one was a blaster. Oh, that's right. Star-Lord's Blaster, yeah. Right, but it was done, the colors were real, you know, so it would look like a toy. Right. So it was all orange and blue, brightly yes, colored. you wouldn't want a cop to shoot you thinking you had a real laser blaster, yes. <laughs> Wait, that's Star-Lord. Who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Blam! Thud. And then was it was it you and, and Todd that both got the same one? Yep. Okay, yes. Yeah, so you guys both got what? Basically a uh, twelve was a twelve inch uh, twelve inch uh, Star Lord figure. It's at least twelve. Yeah. yeah. Did you figure out the whole button scheme to to get the different sounds? Because my wife she I get she actually read the directions on it. She's like, all right, you press once for his voice, then you press twice to get like a sound effect, or you press and hold to get music. Because I'm pressing no. it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so you didn't know either. So I, I because I'm I was pressing it, it. I was driving home. I'm I'm. I'm I'm now I'm driving a stick shift, so I'm reaching over, <laughs> and I and I keep hitting the button while I'm driving, sitting in traffic going, That's <laughs> awesome. and then all of a sudden music comes out. I'm like, how do I make it play music? So I said that to my wife. I'm like, I can't get this to play music, and it's supposedly here's battle sounds, but I've never had the battle sounds. And then and then she flips it over to back, and she says, or I I don't know where she found it, but she said, uh, no, it says press twice or press you know and hold. I'm like, oh, so then I'm now I'm playing with it again. But he says like 20 different phrases. Yeah. You know what? I'm looking at the back of mine and realizing that I haven't fully uh, explored mine either because <laughs> mine has a different button I can push for other stuff as well. That's cool. Now, which so, one did you end with? And Eric and I both got this. This is the one I would have been happy with any of them. Grant, you know, I'm not one to look a gift horse in the mouth. But of all the ones, if I could have picked, this definitely would have been the one that I would have picked. So Eric and I both got big blasting rocket raccoon, baby. So check this out. I got him right here. Listen to this. The name's Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Locked and loaded. Oh, come on. I don't got that long of a lifespan anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Love this thing. Oh, it's awesome. 
And just to uh, just to get you back, hold on. <laughs> There's one other name you might know me by, Star Lord. Who? Who? And I guess if we hold it. Battle sounds. So battle this, sounds. This or if we do twice. Battle sounds on his. <laughs> see, mine has a has a thing on his leg. I never noticed before. It says something about. Sure, that's see. not a cancerous growth. Let's see. Oh, it doesn't do anything. Ah. I wonder if there's a tab in it. I'd have to take out or something. I don't know. I'll figure it out later. But then you got to take it out of the box. Yeah, see, I'm not taking him out of the box. Nope. No, he's staying in the box. In the box. So we uh, we got our free swag, and, and we decided, well, uh, let's go get a quick bite to eat and everything. I had to go to work was the only thing, so we were up, kind of up against the clock. So after fighting traffic all the way no. to uh, Taco Bell, we get to Taco Bell, and we get our order and everything. And I had about, oh, about 20 minutes or so. That we could actually sit and, and eat and talk. So I, I get out my recorder that I had brought with me, hoping for an opportunity to maybe catch a little bit after the show. We get all our food. We sit down. We start recording. We have a wonderful, wonderful high energy. We were fresh off the movie. Uh, great recording. Only it didn't record because the <laughs> batteries died in my recorder. So I got like two minutes that I, I may throw into this just so folks can hear the at least the beginning of the conversation anyway. But uh, so we're, we're trying to recapture as much as we can recall and as much energy as we can from uh, from how that uh, that preview went. So what did, what did you guys think? Well, we'll do a quick roundtable. Just first impression. What do you think, Todd? I really, really enjoyed the movie. I mean, it was uh, it, I think it was exactly what I was expecting which is just a really fun uh, sci-fi action movie. You mm-hmm. know, you didn't have to, I didn't feel like I had to know anything about the characters. Uh, and I knew, I knew some, but didn't know a whole lot. And just really enjoyed it. It had, you know, a great deal of humor, lots of really, really good lines. Uh, I'll, I'll give the best one to, uh, to uh, Riley, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. But the... It just had a good feel to it all the way through. I don't even know how long the movie was. It could have been, it it could have been two and a half hours. I don't know, but uh, it because it didn't matter. It was fun, just nice nice pace all the way through it. I I had a blast. I meant to make note of that of how long the running time was, and I, I completely lost track. I really don't know how long it was. It kind of felt like it was a little bit longer than two hours, but I really don't remember. It did go mighty fast though. Bill. Uh, uh, you caught me. I was looking up the runtime. <laughs> and I'm still looking up the runtime, and it's taking too long. Um, well, I'll look the runtime up later. Okay. Yeah, no, this this was, uh, like I said, I I was excited for this, and I was worried that I was going to get let down, like I got let down mm-hmm. in X-Men, but I wasn't. And... I'm going to see this again. I'm going to take Ben. I mean, it's been a long time that I've actually laughed out loud in the theater. Now, maybe it was because I knew everybody there was there to see that movie, you know, because you're not going to just go see a preview because, 
you know, well, I guess somebody would just go see it to see it and to say that they saw it. But you know what I mean? We knew that we had a a a, a fan friendly, geek friendly crowd. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they were worked up. But even if it wasn't, there was still a lot of hilarious stuff in, in, in this movie that you just don't see coming. And, you know, you think a scene's going to go one way and like, oh, man, this is going to go bad. This is going to be like a cliche. Oh, oh, oh! And then you get a, a laugh that breaks the tension. You know, e- even one of the scenes that you thought was going to be <laughs> like like a romantic scene when he's making a move on her with the, <laughs> with the headphones. And she's playing She's he puts the he- headphones on her and she's just kind of swaying her head back and forth and he ca- kind of moves in and then she goes she goes yes this is really <laughs> <laughs> and it's just because you're being drawn into and all of a sudden it just it just throws you out i mean we can get into some of the characters later um because i got some stuff to say about uh uh drax and 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 rocket but uh, but yeah, just overall, it was really good. I agree. I agree. Um, I'm going to echo your sentiments as uh, as far as by the time we were actually walking into that theater, despite myself, despite knowing full well, dude, you're getting too worked up over this. I, I just I let myself get really sucked in and 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 really highly anticipating the movie. And I should know better by now because, you know, every time I've done that of recent date, you know, I'm inevitably let down. You know, that happened like with Tron Legacy is a great example. I was I was probably the most psyched I've ever been for a movie since The Empire Strikes Back walking into Tron Legacy and just was crushed by I was just so disappointed. I'll even cop to the second tier Marvel movies that we've gotten since um, Avengers. Each one of them, I've walked out a little bit disappointed. I just didn't think that they were as good as, as my high expectations of them were. So I was nervous walking into this one because I, I wanted to love it. I expected to love it. But it was just sitting in the back of my mind going, you know, you're you're really worked up about this. You're you're probably going to be disappointed. And I wasn't. It completely met and far exceeded all the expectations I had for it. And uh, the, the thing, the big thing that I took away, the big thing that I hope other people will both go to see the movie for and take away from it is... The world building, the the world expanding that's happening with this picture. That it, it just, it busts the Marvel Universe wide open. There's so many high concept ideas in this movie that can, they can mine this forever. And I, I that's what really impressed me with it, is that you get so much stuff that we fanboys have only ever dreamt could possibly wind up on a screen, be it, you know, large or small. And here it is. Um, hopefully this one's not too much of a spoiler, just to throw something out there that, that again, I was just so impressed with, hopefully this isn't too much of a spoiler, but a celestial head, a celestial head, you know, that, did you ever expect to see that? <laughs> and it, it just, it, it makes up so much for me from things like 
say, uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer, where they just failed to pull that cosmic trigger. You know, they, they, they got so close, and then they scale back at the 11th hour, and they don't give you Galactus. This movie never does that. This movie never shies away from anything. It fully embraces all that comic booky cosmic goodness of the the you know the larger Marvel universe, and I think that's the strength of the picture. That's why I hope that people that don't know about, don't care about, you know, are not interested in Guardians at all, will still go see the picture to support that vision. I, I love it. I love where we can go. I think they'll be surprised too because it, you didn't. They did it in such a way where even without being super familiar with. Okay, what what is this huge celestial head? What are, you know, it didn't really matter, you know. They didn't explain, you know. They said, "This is you know, this is so and so from the Kree Empire." Right. They didn't explain who the Kree Empire was. They didn't have to. Right. They didn't explain, you know, who no, you know, who the Nova Force was. They didn't explain any of that. They didn't have to. It, it all fit into the movie, mm-hmm. and it all made sense. You didn't have to dig into this deep. Uh, explanation of things it all just seemed like it was a perfectly put together universe yeah you got a lot of info in in like stuff that was going on in the background because there was like what there was a like a news thing that said mm-hmm. oh the Cree and uh, uh, the Cree and the Zandarians have signed a peace treaty and uh, then you're you're led into Ronin who is a Cree that has gone rogue and is still slaughtering mm-hmm. Zandarians you know, but that's so all that's, you need to know. They didn't, they didn't yeah. have to explain yeah, well, like why yeah. and when and how. And, and, you know, there was no... It's like you just hit the ground running. This is the universe. Much like Star Wars was presented when it originally came out. Yes. There was stuff thrown out there. There's stuff that you're not going to know. We may never know. You know, it, it, like things that when Star Wars, you know, there was, you know, ooh, the Clone Wars. Ooh, what's that? Ooh. You know, and, and here... you. There wasn't an explanation as to, well, why are these two races been at war? And, and why did they sign the peace treaty? Blah, blah, blah. It's just accept it and let's go. I've had a number of conversations recently, uh, recently with people, um, probably Scott Rifen and Chris Honeywell being the, the biggest two. Conversations about how awesome would it be to be able to go back to 1977 and, and re-experience that first hit of Star Wars. You know, what it was like. I'm telling you, and I'm not exaggerating, I think that's what this picture does on a lot of levels. There, there were a lot of moments where I was just bouncing up and down in my seat feeling like that nine-year-old kid again because you're right, Bill. That That's one of the strengths of this movie is you don't need to know anything going in. It gives you what you need, and it tells you what you don't need. So rather than, than hold your hand and have to explain everything to you, like a lot of comic book movies do, they kind of pander to the, the people that aren't familiar with the material and the people that are sitting there going, yes, yes, I know where Superman comes from. Yes, I know about Spider-Man's, you know, wall-crawling ability. Exposition. Exactly. This movie doesn't do that. It treats you just like Episode Four did of Star Wars, where it just kind of throws your ass into the middle of the story and gives you what you need to follow along and ignores what you really don't need to follow the story. And I liked that. It moves like a Star Wars picture, used to anyway. <laughs> and I really liked that about it. I think that was one of the real strengths. I think, 
um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting the movie's going to be a big hit. I hope it is anyway. And if it is, I think that's going to be the strength of it is that it gives tons of Easter eggs and, and winks and nods and, and oh acknowledgements to the fans, you know, the fanboys going in, knowing who the Guardians and knowing Mar- Marvel Cosmic. But I honestly think that the kind of hidden formula for this movie is that it's really going to work for people that go in and go, I don't know who the hell these people are, but it just looks like fun and let me go try it. Because I think it's got the Star Wars, you know, the original movie Star Wars formula down in in that aspect. Is you can walk in, you don't know who they are, by the end of it you're walking out going, I love these guys. Mm -hmm. I really felt it worked on that level in a way that I haven't seen since the original Star Wars. And you guys remember the glut of Star Wars imitators there were you know, between like 1977 and 1980, there were all those shitty movies that came out that were trying to capture Battle Beyond the Stars. Yeah, you know, movies like that. And <laughs> and this one really does have that throwback feel because you know, I mean, you can tell it borrows elements from all over the place. Star Wars being a huge influence, yet it never feels derivative. It feels like something completely new we've never gotten before, and I loved that about it. What was nice is each time they changed the location, it actually just popped up and told you where they were. Okay, exactly. Yeah. You know, you're at the kiln. The kiln is a prison. Uh, you're on the planet Xandar, where uh, there might be a cameo from a certain longtime Marvel alum as a ladies' man. <laughs> I love that. I did not expect that at all because I could have sworn that I read that he was not in this one, so that was pretty cool. Oh, and I just found out while while we've been talking, I was looking at the cast list. Nathan Fillion was uh, in it. Was he? Yes. Where was but, he? Well, it says he was the monstrous inmate in the prison, so I don't know if he was the first guy when they come in. Oh. Like he was the voice? The voice must have been. I gotcha. Yeah. See, I thought I heard he was playing a Nova, is what I heard. Mm, no, nah, it just says monstrous inmate. Huh. Okay. <laughs> now, one thing we didn't get is an after the credit scene. Right. So, um, it, it, which Eric and I saw uh, Captain America as a preview, and they did the same thing. We did not get the after the credit scene. So that may may simply be a you know, in order to keep it hush hush, they just decided. If we do any pre-releases, we're not going to give you an after-the-credit scene so that everybody can be surprised. That probably serves two purposes. One, we can't spoil it if we never saw it. But also, you know, they let us see it for free. Well, they still want our money. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. this is to get us to go again, which in my case, not a problem. I intend, yeah. I fully intend to go see this again because I really dug it. Really mm-hmm. dug it. I'm trying to think. Oh, well, we want to talk a little bit specifics. What we liked about it, or not? Um, well, <laughs> I got well. One thing that we talked about when we did the original recording, and I'll just bring up here before I forget, is that some of the uh, the actors I didn't get what I was expecting, and one in a good and one in a bad way. From Drax, Dave Bautista, mm-hmm. I thought his performance was way better than I thought it was going to be, and I thought that yes. the, that that the character was written. The character was not written. Okay, the original Drax in the in the in the comics was a character that 
at, at one point did not have a lot of brains left in him, you right. know, yeah. and was. Uh, so I was thinking, well, you know, are they really going to do this to this guy, make him act like an idiot? He was not. He was awesome. He was a very intelligent character. Um, and he's got some, he gives some great deadpan lines. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure some people have seen the preview where, you know, he's trying, uh, where Quill is trying to talk him down from killing Gamora. And he says, you know, you know, well, wait, you know, Ronan will come to get her, blah, 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 because she betrayed him. And then that's when you can, and he runs his finger across his throat, and he's like, "Why would I run my finger across his throat?" <laughs> right. his finger across his throat. <laughs> and then he turns to the other guy and says, "No, no, it's it's you know, it's it's a metaphor, or whatever. You get it, right?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then they get, "No, no, no, I don't." <laughs> but you mean slice his throat? No. Yeah. Why would I do that? I well, cut it clean off. Yeah. <laughs> so he's there's. He doesn't get nuances. He's he's straight. Yeah, he doesn't understand yeah. metaphors. Yeah, he's straight black and white in how he functions and how he speaks. And he kind of screws him over later, but we won't give that away. Um, and then the other character that I, I I am wondering, maybe she'll have more to do because she, well, let's just say uh, we might see her again. And that's Karen Gillan as Nebula. I mean, she shaved her freaking head for this role, and she's really... I thought we'd see more of her in it, but we didn't. See, you I'm, guys really, really blew my mind when we were having that little roundtable that that, that, that was uh, Amy Pond from Doctor Who, because I totally <laughs> did not catch that at all. She looks so completely different to me that I, I had no clue that was her. And it's funny because I love that chick, man. I think oh, yeah. she's drop-dead gorgeous, but I did not recognize her as Nebula at all. That really surprised me. Now, one thing we didn't talk about, and that was... Uh, uh, well, we we were trying to look up who played Ronan, and that was Lee Place, uh, uh-huh. and, uh, Pace. And looking at him and then looking at him as Ronan... Uh, it's like a complete transformation, and I—I I mean, it—it—it it, it was just oh, okay. Granted, he had a ton of makeup on, but <laughs> but I thought the character Ronan was awesome. Was I did just, too, and that was one thing that shocked me is that the one thing I did know—I I knew very little of the movie going in, but I did know that Ronan was going to be the big bad in this particular film. And Ronan has always been played as a chump in the comics a lot of times. Uh, either a chump or, you know, in the in the latter-day stuff of, like, say, like Annihilation Conquest forward, he's a hero. He's actually mm-hmm. one of the good guys. He actually winds up on the Annihilators as, as one of the, the members of the team. I really like those guys, and I like Ronan as hero. So knowing heading into this movie that Ronan was going to be the big bad, I really wasn't sure how I felt about that. I felt like if I, if I was going to walk out of the movie having a beef with it, that was probably going to be my beef is a mischaracterization of Ronan. Totally not an issue. I love the way that they played him in this because that was Ronan. He acted the way Ronan would act, even though he was in this picture going against the Guardians. I actually liked it. I mean, a this lot. is this is like the original Ronan when he was first. In, right. Yes. Exactly. Not right. what he would later become. And, right. and actually, uh, I don't know if we want to say uh, he sticks it to the man, his master. Well, but we won't. Right. Say, 
but it was good to see who plays his master and you're like oh my god he's really that, on the screen i never i never expected that that was probably of all the amazing things we get in this movie from you know the celestial to the collector to all the amazing things that we see the different worlds the different characters all the different things that we get that was the most mind-blowing to me was that reveal because i was like oh my god they're pulling this trigger they're really oh my god there and it was just like <laughs> i mean it really i mean you and i exchanged a look during that portion of the movie. <laughs> like just, yes and we didn't even say anything it was just that telepathy going between us like yeah dude this this kicks all the ass right here this is awesome because it, it really mm-hmm. was that that was incredible and I totally didn't expect that. I didn't think we were going to get that for you know a few more pictures yet. So mm-hmm. I, I was really surprised, but in an awesome way, a very awesome way. Well, what do you guys think about some of the other characters? I don't want to keep monopolizing here. No, I thought you were doing great. Um, I like that this is one of those pictures that I can expect. I'll be watching this for years you know, afterwards trying to catch like all the little, because there's a lot of those moments in the movie where you're like, I know that. What, what have I seen that guy? And it's, it's chock full of those kind of actors where you're like, where have I, where have I seen that guy before? Um, one of the pointed out the, uh, the Lloyd Kaufman, uh, cameo in the prison. Anybody Mm -hmm. who's watched, uh, class of Newcomb high toxic Avenger, you know those movies. That's those are the Tromaville films, and Lloyd Kaufman is the the founder and wrote most of those. Has written books, uh, produce your own damn movie, film your own damn movie, stuff like that to, to make B movies. Right. And he was uh, not disguised at all, just in a prison jumper on the balcony in one of the prison scenes. That's cool. Well, <laughs> what's his name? The director James Gunn um, worked on. One of the Toxic Avenger movies. I'm not ah, sure which okay. one. Like, there you go. Number four, I think. Because I, I looked him up uh, earlier today just to see what else he had worked. Because he's not somebody I'm really familiar with, and he hasn't really done a lot. I mean, he's he's mostly up to this point uh, worked on scripts of movies, and he's done um, you know other th- you know backgrounders kind of things. But as far as directing, I think this is only like his third or fourth picture. He did. Um, Slither and Super and one other movie that I can't remember the name of. But probably up to this point, arguably his biggest claim to fame would be that he uh, was one of the writers on the uh, 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead, which I still think is a great movie. I really like that movie Mm -hmm. a lot. But I expect this is going to kind of put him right in the spotlight because he's got this. He's got another movie coming out pretty soon. That's uh, it looks like a send up of spy pictures. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it looked. I saw the previews and it looked really good. And then of course they just greenlit uh, Guardians Two is going to be coming out, and I believe he's attached to that as well. So hopefully we'll be seeing some more stuff from this guy because I really liked his directing style a lot. Well, he, I mean, he certainly they they nailed the characters, and, and that's got to be a lot of credit to him. Oh yeah, the, uh, you know the interactions between. The, the, the Rocket Group team mm-hmm. <laughs> was just hilarious. And it definitely, I think we all kind of feel that there was a, a Han and Chewie vibe to it. But definitely. It was. <laughs> the, the two of them together were just fantastic. The interaction between them was great. And they, you know, I, I admire the fact that they. 
they spent about five minutes going through the fact that all he said was I am Groot and it was annoying but they didn't drag it through the whole movie they made reference to it through the whole movie right. but they didn't subject us to hearing it every 30 seconds well there's a great moment where, where Star-Lord actually even diffuses that too mm-hmm. which, which I thought was very reminiscent of Avengers where Avengers worked I think a lot of the time because when there was something that was particularly absurd the characters in the universe didn't ignore it they kind of acknowledged that this is a little absurd just go with it and this <laughs> right. movie did the exact same thing there was a moment where you know you could have heard your 1500 i am group but instead of getting it you've got star lord delivers the line essentially to kind of diffuse the whole situation drawing attention to the fact that yes yes we know this guy only says one thing and he says it over and over again but that's part of the gag you get it right and they and it, it completely worked because i expect that to be completely well-rounded as a as a director to be able to do you know simultaneously science fiction drama action and comedy all together has got to be an incredible tightrope act. Most directors can get one or two of those beats, but all four, and he completely pulled it off because while there's not a lot of drama, there is. What I what I really liked about this is that at its core, it's a science fiction slash comedy with a hell of a lot of action thrown into it. But I really liked the fact that something I didn't expect to get, but we did were character beats everybody got at least a moment and so in that aspect it kind of reminded me of the best of the star trek films where you know a lot of the star trek films would focus on kirk or kirk and spock or maybe at best kirk spock and mccoy there's only one or two in the entire series that would ever give a, a character beat to every single member of the bridge crew even if it was only for like a minute like star this, trek 4 yeah and this movie does that where Everybody from Star-Lord to Groot to Drax gets at least a moment where you're like, okay, that gave me some nice insight into this person and who they are at, at their at their core. And I really liked that, especially the ones with Groot, because those were the most uh, subtle, but often the most touching ones as well. Because there were a lot of instances where he, he was very Chewy-like. He was a fierce fighter. But when he wasn't fighting, he was almost he he had like a childlike innocence about him that I really mm-hmm. liked. It makes you kind of latch onto the character that much more. I really liked that. And Rocket's character beat was the best <laughs> of all because you know most of the time he's you know he's Han Solo. He's a wisecracking smartass. But the one moment where you get kind of like he bears his soul just broke broke my heart. I was like, oh, oh yeah, poor little guy, you know. And I love that. I, I th- that was a really nice, touching moment, and and it, it makes again it endears you that much more to that character. I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was really well done. His even, his even that scene, the end of it was was popped off by a good joke. Right. The, everything was diffused with a good joke, a right. well timed <laughs> joke. Yeah, the jokes were uh, that had to be the toughest part was the comedic timing and the comedic timing was perfect because I don't off the top of my head I can't think of a single joke and they were fast and furious in this movie with the jokes and the and the comedy 
I can't think of a single one that fell flat. At least in the showing we went to, the, I think we missed a couple. Worked. Yeah, I, I think because we're still laughing from the one before, exactly, and you're like, yeah. well, "Oh wait, well, they just said something." Oh man, we missed it. Yeah, there were there were definitely several times during the movie where I didn't catch the next line because we were all just still, you know, belly rolling from the last one. You know, so. I mean, there's one where he's he's putting that stuff together, and you know, Quill asks him, "Well, what's that?" I it. It's a bomb. A bomb? You, you just keep it right there? And and then they all bitch at him, and then as they're walking away, he just mumbles to himself, you guys suck, you know, you're like, you suck the fun out of everything. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we mentioned this when we were together, um, that we've seen it in a commercial, we've seen it in the preview, and seeing it for the first time on screen still had all the effect and was still awesome when he when Drax tosses the machine gun to Rocket and yes. he's on the back of Groot and it's and then he, he grabs the gun and he comes down with the oh yeah yeah yep. and then da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah that that was one of the the real beauties of the pictures even the scenes that you had seen over and over and over again in the previews knowing it was coming it, it just made it that much better that that's a great moment in the movie i've been trying to remember some of the the points that uh that eric brought up while we were talking before just yeah, so that he's like, i know that one of the big ones he had and and i agree with him is you know obviously you can't do a movie like this without without cg no, nobody's going to do it mm-hmm. today without doing a cg one of the problems that he and i both have with a lot of movies recently and specifically cite the Transformers movies, you know, they try to impress you with how detailed they can get, how many different little nuanced pieces they can put in, how crazy they can make a fight scene, Mm -hmm. you know, how many thousands of ships can we make swarm the screen. And what it results in is you don't know what the hell is going on. Right. You can't tell one robot from another because the design is exactly the same. You can't tell, you know, where you're supposed to focus the action, anything like that. The CG didn't take away from this at all. No. Everything was, was spot on. The visuals were. You, you could immediately know from shape and color which side the ships were on. You knew, mm-hmm. you know, costume designs were, were done to a point where you immediately recognized whose side a character was on. Yep. You know, and that was that that was something that, that Eric brought up on it that I certainly agree with. They 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 use CG to make the movie and enhance the movie, not not It didn't overwhelm you. you. No, went. no, it didn't. No, I'm I'm glad you you went there because that's exactly where I was going. Was that uh yeah Eric brought up the fact that no matter how much stuff they threw at you, and you know let's face it, that final battle at the end of the movie, <laughs> there's a lot going on. It's yeah, it's very Star Wars like it, it's oh, it's yeah. very much the trench run, and there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of ships flying around. There's a lot of uh, laser fire happening and stuff like that. I never felt lost for a minute. And I can't even say that with some of the latter-day Star Wars films. There's been a lot of times where I appreciate the fact that they're, they're trying to make this epic scene and this epic battle, but there's a lot of moments where suddenly my eyes just go, I, I'm sorry, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be focusing on here. Oh, yeah. And in this movie, that never happened. I always understood what the primary focus was and what I was supposed to be watching and following. And I, I never had a problem with that, even with the 3d, which again, most 3d movies will make you kind of lose focus as well. 
and it all blended uh, very nicely and it really did remind me of the of the best uh, dogfight sequences from the original trilogy, uh, trilogy of Star Wars films because it was fast paced, there was a lot going on but it wasn't so visually busy or fast that you, you just gave up in frustration and just like rolled with it. Th- this you were actually able to follow and enjoy because you could follow it. Loved it. I, I thought the final battle scene was just incredible in this. I, I thought all the special effects were amazing too because you know, knowing that there was obviously going to be a lot of CG, you know, just in the fact that two of the main characters are CG characters, I, I wondered how well it was going to work. And much like, uh, you know, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes that I recently saw, this this is right up there with, you know, the one of the first movies I can recall where there, there never was that CG moment. You know what I mean? Most movies with CG have at least that one moment where you're like, yeah, that just looks kind of fake. I can't right. think of a scene in this where I was like, eh, that didn't really work. I, I thought the CG really, and I mean, come on, you got a talking raccoon for Christ's sakes. There should have been at least a moment with, with, you know, with Rocket where you're like, eh, that looks a little fake. I, I bought it the entire time. I, I was like, no, I'm just sucked in. He's really standing there. I, I don't see any CG. That's impressive. That's a really impressive feat to pull off in a movie like this. And I thought it totally worked. Even without a uniform on after the prison delousing. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 <laughs> we had some naked raccoon. Yeah. Naked raccoon. Yeah. His hair was all like matted and messed up and everything. He did. He actually looked a little more realistic in that part for you know the the mussed up look that he had with the with the matted hair and everything. Well, and that's where they touch on. You kind of see some of the stuff that's been done to him that right. that that they talk about later. Right. You know, you can see all these implants and stuff on his back and, and scars and stuff, and Quill sees that. And I don't think we've really said anything about uh, Chris Pratt as Peter Quill. I, I think we had said the other day that he kind of kept it all together and brought, you know, well, his character's supposed to bring, bring you know, put the band together, so so to speak. Right. In, in, in this. And, and he does. He takes all these, you know, well, I mean, Groot and Rocket were a team. But, you know, he's able to bring everybody together with a common point and that, you know, they become the guardians of the galaxy by the end of the movie in in a big way that, you know, we're not going to spoil here. But uh, I thought he was pretty good. I can't I'm trying to think of what else he's been in. I'm taking a look right now. See, oh, by I, the way, the runtime was one hour and tw- uh, excuse me, was one hundred and twenty one minutes. So two hours and one minute. Wow. OK. See, it, it felt longer than that to me. I think mostly just because it, it, it throws so much at you. There's so much stuff, you know. Yeah, that thing flew visual. by. It did not yeah. feel that long. I never once was like, oh, man, how, you know, how long have we been here? <laughs> no, See, no, I, not I at thought all. It, I thought it was longer, not in the sense like it ever drug or anything. I thought it was longer just in the fact that it, it, it manages to get a lot of stuff done in two yeah. hours i mean you go a lot it's it's very star wars in the aspect of you go a lot of different places in this movie there's a lot of set pieces there's a lot of uh you know things that have to get done by the end of the picture so i really I, i'm surprised to hear it's only two hours because i really thought it had to be longer for that just for all the things that it covers but uh 
but no, never, never thought there was like a uh, a dull moment or you know a slow moment or a moment that was like, ah, eh, that's got to go because it just drags down the movie. I I can see this one having tons of rewatchability because it it does it moves, mm-hmm. it really moves. I think this is my first exposure to uh, what's his name Pratt, Chris mm-hmm. Pratt. I think this is the first thing I've ever seen him in that I'm aware of, and uh, I remember a friend of mine saying that uh oh chris Pratt, yeah i don't like him but i don't remember them saying why they didn't like him so i i thought he was great i really liked him he's very every man in this he's just like he feels just like a regular joe kind of just thrown into this bizarre situation and i really like that he's like you know just your average earth dude trying to make the best of a of a bizarre upbringing and a bizarre situation i thought that was pretty cool well yeah because plus he's well i mean i don't know if we Want to talk about the opening scene? Well, you no, know, I, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, want to spoil yeah. that for anybody. Yeah, but that'll explain why uh, why you have the soundtrack you have during the whole right. Yeah, and that so. and I for a bunch of sixties and seventies songs, they fit. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, you know, it just it felt right with the uh, you know with the movie. There's uh, I have that soundtrack, and the only uh, the only two tracks on it I don't care for thankfully work in the picture itself which is that i I liked that i thought that was nice because i was a little bit concerned about oh when these tracks come up it's probably gonna suck because i don't like them but no they actually worked rather well in the movie i thought um i really really liked the score i thought the score was phenomenal i was trying to make was that uh, Tyler Brian Tyler? Uh, no, it's uh, it's uh, Tyler Bates. Tyler Bates. Who I'm trying to remember what else he's done. I know he did Watchmen, which was okay. I'm trying to remember what else he's done, but uh, I really liked the score because I, I was trying to pay as much attention to it as I could because the preview that I went to, the preview that's playing at Hollywood Studios, before the the preview starts, they play soundtrack music. You know, the score music, I mean. But I wasn't sure, is this the score to this movie or was this like a score from some other movie? I I didn't know. And now having heard, you know, seen the movie and I've been to that preview a few times, I I knew that that, no, this actually was the score to this movie and uh, and was making, you know, mental notes of different beats of the of the score. Really liked it. So I can't wait to get this as a, as a score album because I thought it was really fantastic. He did uh, 300, looks like. Sucker mm-hmm. Punch, Watchmen, Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the, yeah, that's right. Dawn of the Dead, yeah. Um, Which is probably why he's done this. Cause the recent you know, Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, his Dawn of the Dead's a really good score as well. Yeah, I like him. He's a, he's a good composer. Trying to think, other characters we got uh, covered Star Lord a little bit. Groot. We didn't mention Gamora. Gamora, yeah, we didn't really talk about her. She was okay. She didn't really Zoe Zaldana. She didn't overpower anything. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of like she did in I don't know. It's just like she was a little too much of her in in the Trek movie. But uh, here, I thought, I thought everybody was balanced out good here. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought she did a good job. She, she did a really good job. She was an interesting character. She just of of the core five characters in the movie, she was the one that I was like least interested in. But that's not to say that she didn't do a good job or that her story arc wasn't engaging. I thought it was. She she was just kind of like I, I was more interested in the other guys than I was in in her particular story. 
You know that 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 older woman that plays Nova Prime. Somebody needs to you know get her an agent or something. What, what's her name? Glenn Close or something? Uh, Glenn Close. Some, yeah, I think I think that might be it. Yeah, you're close. Yeah. I thought she was pretty good as Nova Prime. Yeah, no, she was. She was really good, and I really liked um, John C. Riley. Just knowing, God. just from the ads, yes. just knowing that that Wreck It Ralph was going to be in the movie. I mean, they call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> what a bunch of a holes. <laughs> I, I liked him. I liked him so much in this. So I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping he'll be a bigger part in. Uh, in Guardians 2, because I really liked him in this. And I think he quite possibly gets the best line in the movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll not give it away. No. no. Uh, he did. He had some really good lines. What, but, uh, I mean, there's so many really good one-liners and zingers and stuff in this. I, I, I like that. I'm not usually I'm not usually real big on comedies, but I, I really enjoyed the how the comedy worked, you know, overall in this in this film. What about Yondu? Get a little Yondu love in the house. See, Michael I, Rooker? I don't really have... This This is weird, especially for me. I don't really have any criticisms or anything with this. There wasn't anything that I really didn't like. But Yondu, was, he was the one thing that was kind of on the edge for me. I think he works in the movie. He's, he's a gray character. You don't really... You, I mean, yeah. But here's the thing, though. I like Michael Rooker, mm-hmm. but this is Michael Rooker playing Michael Rooker, or at least Michael Rooker. Playing... <laughs> when does Michael Rooker not play Michael Rooker? Exactly. That's Come I mean. on, this is, Merle this is on Rooker. Walking Dead. That's exactly. Michael Rooker. This is Michael you know? Rooker playing a blue Merle. That's all it is. <laughs> blue Merle with sharpened teeth. Yes. Yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> Come on, boy. We were going to eat you when we found he, you. He doesn't change. The, he he doesn't change how he speaks. He looks the same, everything. It's just Blue Merle. I mean, they might as well have just changed that to his name, was Blue Merle instead of Yondu, because he really, yeah, he really does not bring Yondu. If you're going to this and you want comic book Yondu, spoiler, it ain't happening, all right? You're you're getting Blue Merle. That said, once I accepted that fact, yeah, it fit. It really did. Then I was on board with it. But again, the only reason I mention that is that Knowing who we are as fanboys, I can see that being a real sticking point with somebody. You're going to have to just let it go because it it works. It really does work. But the first few scenes with Yondu, I'm like, whoa, really? Really? (laughs) This is where you're Okay. Alrighty. The one, the one thing I will say, and again, not not like a not like a nitpick or a criticism or anything, but a little bit disappointed, is I think we all noticed that. There was a point in the movie, and I think it was where he like he got mad. I think where the 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 crest or whatever it is on the top of his head started it, to glow red. Yeah, and I really wanted that to pop out a holographic fin. <laughs> I know that sounds stupid, but I think that would have been a really good way to acknowledge the fin from the comics without right. him really having a red fin, but just like have it be like a holographic pro- projection, or just have it pop out of his head. I like guess. A, like a fin fold up from out, like when he's angry. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good idea. You and, know. They, and they just never pulled the trigger on that, which kind of disappointed me. But, I mean, like I say, you know, such a minor thing. I don't, I'm not about to sit here and criticize or nitpick the movie because I just enjoyed the hell out of the ride. I thought it was great. Well, two scenes that I want to see again because 
there was just so much going on is when they go to visit the collector because I think I kind of missed a lot oh, of yeah. Benicio del Toro's performance because I was trying to look at everything yeah. behind him. Yeah, and you, I, you and I were both point. Hey, look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Yeah, yeah. That looks like you know. That looks like uh, Adam Warlock's cocoon, which that was seen in the Thor movie. Right. You know, and we were like, "Well, what's that? What's that? That looks like a dark elf. There's there's something in red. Who's that?" So I was missing what was really you know his performance, and also when they were. Um, in the bar later on in nowhere, right? It's nowhere is right, where they were, yeah. which is the celestial head. And they were playing the, uh, now, you know what? I do have to say that that CG did take me out a tiny bit with the little animals run across the table, you know? Oh yeah. When they're playing the game. Yeah. I can see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there were a couple. Yeah. Now that you say and that, that yeah. and that was kind of a 3d thing for the effect of 3d. Right. But, Minor, minor, not not gonna. But but there was again. I wasn't really paying attention there because I was trying to look at everything. It, it, you know, like who's hidden in in, in the background in the right. shot. What's going on here? Right. Which you know, I had heard rumors about characters that were supposed to cameo in this. And well, should we mention the other cameo we saw of the certain an, another quadruped? No, no. Okay. No. I All think right. that no, I think that's a big old spoiler. So yeah. no, leave, leave that leave that as that's a wonderful moment. I loved that that they throw that <laughs> you know, they threw that You're in. You're like, there. Oh my god <laughs> Yeah, no, I yeah, I think everybody in the theater was like, Oh my god you know, they, everybody was that everybody that, that caught it anyway. But you'd have to be a a you'd have more to be more recent yeah, yeah, you'd have to be a more recent uh Abnett and Lanning reading Guardians. Now, I like the acknowledgments at the end of the movie. While I feel that John Byrne was once again uh, slighted, um, I liked they they did throw a nice acknowledgment out to the works of uh, of Abnett and Landing. Who come on? I mean, this current incarnation of Guardians is that you know their incarnation. But there's some really nice ones. You know, Gene Cullen got acknowledged. I know Roger Stern was in there. I forget some of the other people that were acknowledged, but there were some really nice acknowledgments in there. I thought. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, there were lots of Easter eggs, but yeah, going back to what you were saying about the, the thing with the collector, the problem for me is that I was trying to get my eyes to replicate like a fly so I could take in like everything that was in and I, and I could, I just, I, I overloaded Help myself me. trying to Help see, me. exactly. I was like trying to see everything at once and it just, uh, you know, I, but I'm sure that that scene was just, you should have dropped some acid that I could see everything. Oh, yeah, exactly. Whoa. <laughs> But there, there was somebody in one of those tubes that I'm pretty sure was supposed to be, you know, a, a nice fat Easter egg for us. But I, I couldn't quite figure out who it was because it was somebody in the, either a red jumpsuit or a red cape. I know who I want it to be. I don't know if it really is that person or not, though. But I thought that was cool. He, um, too, has a mohawk. You know, you're talking about scenes that you want to see again when you, when you go see the movie again is... Uh, Without spoiling who or what it is that we see, I liked the scene where the collector was basically recapping the origin of the object. Oh, and yeah. we see something in that scene that I just was freaking out about, going, "Oh my god, they're they're showing me this! I I can't believe." That's the thing is that if you remember what it was like, and I'm talking to the listeners now. If you remember what it was like sitting in the the theater watching the Avengers for the first time and 
the the um, turbines deploy and you realize, oh my god, this is a helicarrier, and it's no, I'm 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 actually getting this. This is actually really happening. They've got a friggin' helicarrier, and you're realizing that a yes, they're going there. And B, wow, this act, this works. They're really pulling this off. This doesn't look ridiculous. If you can remember what that felt like, you definitely want to go see this movie because that happens over and over and over again in Guardians where you keep getting moments of going, holy shit, I, I never thought I would live to see this on a movie screen and it totally is working. And that that was to me that was the biggest moment in the whole movie of a moment like that was was the collector giving the origin of of that object, that yeah. was incredible. I I couldn't believe what we were seeing and it it really uh, just made my geek heart so happy. It was it was awesome, just awesome. I really did. I geeked out harder over this than I than I even expected to. I really I expected I would enjoy it. I didn't think it would meet my expectations and like i said before totally exceeded my expectations i i'm still i'm i've been on a geek high all week because of this movie and uh i've been i've been preaching to everybody i I talk to about it like no 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 you don't understand you gotta go see this i don't care about your bullshit plans for the weekend you gotta go see this movie (laughs) (laughs) no i i did i thought it was great i think it's gonna be a game changer or at least i hope it is anyway because if it if it does the numbers, if it pulls the numbers, then it's like I've said before. What what can't they do? That's what got that's what had me so excited before even going, and that's what's got me most excited now. Because I, I know I had some friends, you know, and I don't I don't want to give away names like Scott Rifen and uh, Trentus Magnus, but um, you know that that we're kind of down on it. Like, yeah, Guardians, so what? Well, here's the thing. It's like okay. Granted, all right, I'll, I'll give you that. Guardians, ask so what? Who cares? But it, for the moment, it's not so much about them. It's about what happens if the movie hits. Is that you, you're busting this thing wide open. What corner of the Marvel Universe now, other than the ones they, they can't touch for legal reasons, like you know Spider-Man or FF or X-Men because they're owned by other studios, beyond those obvious properties, where can't they go? Why couldn't we get a new Howard the Duck movie or, um, you know, I was going to say Micronauts. I always want to say Micronauts, and I always forget that Marvel doesn't own Micronauts. But you know what I mean? I mean, these there, there's no place they can't go if they can right. if they can pull that off. And they can give you a movie with, you know, with Rocket Raccoon and a talking tree and all this other, you know, crazy shit that we get in this movie. What, what can't, what's off the table? I can't think of anything that's off the table. No, I mean I think it, it opens up a ton of material that they can or or not, you know, integrate with the rest of the movies. It doesn't; they, they can leave them completely separate or, you know, tie them in if they want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. do you think though? It's I mean, this one was funny. Are they gonna? Do you think we're going to have different Marvel... Like, the Captain America one was a little bit more... The last one was a little bit more darker, a little bit more of a 70s spy thriller type movie. I mean, in this one, we got a, a good comedy. You know, a light-hearted sci-fi comedy. Right. You know, I, I wouldn't want them to suddenly decide, oh, all right, we need to make these all like, like Guardians. I want, you know... 
to see. I mean, I want them to be comic booky, but I don't want them all to just be the same. Well, here's I, I, formula. I think I, I think I know where you're going with this, and and here's the thing. Now, I have resisted, and believe me, it's been really hard. I have resisted taking cheap shots at DC because of how I feel about this movie. But I, I will allow myself to say this, and I hope this doesn't come off as a cheap shot. I think it's just it's the obvious comparison. The, the beautiful thing that Marvel is doing here, and I think this movie illustrates it really well, and this is why I don't share the fear that you're bringing up, that, that suddenly, if this say this movie comes out and it does gangbusters, it does more than the Avengers, which I don't think it'll happen, but it'd be nice if it does like Avengers, you know, like like the solo movie level box office, you know, like what Cap and Thor and things have done. If it does that level, I'll, I'll, I'll be so happy. But why I don't think, even if it comes out and it's the it's the biggest Marvel movie that ever happens, why I don't think they'll change the formula for the other movies is that the formula they have right now is working for them. So you've mm-hmm. got Cap that's giving you, you know, what Cap's giving you. The first one was a, a very nostalgic superhero movie. The second one was a very uh, spy thriller type superhero movie. With Thor, you've got the the mythological slash cosmic element. Uh, with Iron Man, you've got the the technology geek type of stuff and the and the big action hero. You know, with the Hulk, hopefully we'll get more Hulk movies. You've got you know a, a good old fashioned monster slash superhero movie. And then with the Avengers, God knows where they can go there. And looking at how the next Avengers is shaping up, the next Avengers is shaping up to look like kind of like the flip side of the coin from Guardians, whereas Guardians was a big bombastic. Uh, fun action movie it looks like uh avengers is going to be a big bombastic dark and i don't mean like dark night dark i just mean darker as in the threat is going to be darker and and the places it's going to take the characters are darker it it feels to me like avengers Mm. 2 is shaping up to be the empire strikes back of like a like a, a trilogy of avengers movies and hey i'm all about that i think that's awesome so I think if this was a DC thing, that that's a legitimate concern because DC seems to be going with, well, let's see, we came out with a couple of movies that were super dark and gritty and ultra realistic, and that really made some bank for us. So let's take all of our characters and make them the exact same way, even if they're characters that have never been dark before. And I think that's where... While I, I won't argue they haven't had some success at the same rate, I don't think there's anybody that can say those movies haven't been incredibly divisive amongst yeah. fans. Whereas the Marvel movies, other than people that are touched in the head, I don't hear people bitching about the Marvel movies. For the most part, if you're a fanboy, you're loving this shit because you're getting exactly what you've wanted all these years. And so for them to start messing with their formula right now would be insane for them keep it the way you've got it you've got this franchise for this you've got that franchise for that every you know every couple of years all the franchises come to play together in an avengers movie and then they split back into their subsequent formulas again for their individual movies come on that's brilliant they could milk that cow forever if they do it right i mean you agree oh yeah yeah so I don't see any need for them to go, hey, Guardians was a smash hit, so the next Captain America's got to be a comedy. No, nah, I, don't, I, I don't think that'll happen. If they're smart, that won't happen. 
but I don't I don't see where that's going to happen. I think they I think they know full well by this point what they've got, and they fully intend to, uh, you know. I hate to say the word exploit because it has a negative connotation, but no, I think that's what they're intending to do. They're intending to exploit it for all for all that they can get, but in a good way because you know hell, exploit it as long as you're giving me what I want, and mm-hmm. uh, they totally are, totally are. So I, I'm excited. I think we're I think we're in a great spot. I really do. I think we're in a good spot now to where uh, you know for the longest time I think. A lot of us fans, I know I have up to a certain point, we lived in the fear of, you know, one, one really bad turkey, one big bomb, and that, that could kind of be the end of the ride. I, you know, I don't have that fear anymore. I think we could survive at this point that you have uh, one of these Marvel solo movies comes out and kind of tanks. I think we, we, you know, you just, you wait three months or four months and the next Marvel movie comes along does another you know billion and a half dollars and you just keep forging forward and you kind of forget the one that tanked i I can see that i think that's why they've diversified the way that they have so that they can survive in case one comes out and just doesn't make the numbers oh that was the conversation killer (laughs) (laughs) just food for thought food for thought well final thoughts big thumbs up big thumbs down what are we saying Big thumbs up. Big thumbs up. Yeah, definitely. I enjoyed this way better than the X-Men movie. Yeah, <laughs> big thumbs up for me. I don't know if you got that in or not. No, no, we didn't. So, I'm, no, I'm glad you I'm glad you said that again. Cool. And I will, yeah, I'll definitely be going to see it again. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to take the, the boys to it. I don't know if it made it into the recording. I think this was before we started recording. But, uh, my boy, were my boys sore with me that I uh, I got to go see this without them. Yeah, my son's fist, too. <laughs> now, correct me. You, you, now, you were the one that won your ticket, and you took Eric. Is that right? No, Eric, uh, Eric, Eric won, got the tickets. Oh, so yep. he, he won and he took it. That's cool. That's cool. That's nice. I, I, I so badly wish he could have been here tonight. But uh, he's here in spirit, so yes. that's, that's what counts. But. Well, this was a lot of fun. I, I think this is the perfect length, so we'll go ahead and we'll wrap it up there. So, uh, hey, if you guys glean anything out of this, go see Guardians of the Galaxy. You will not be disappointed. See it once. See it twice. Oh, and, and what was the taglines? We had a couple taglines. One was, you will believe a raccoon could fly, who can fly and, and shoot a gun and fly a <laughs> spacecraft and get deloused <laughs> and put a bomb together. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time.
Welcome to Amazon. I love you. <laughs> Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end and a number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. is the anniversary I think August 8th I think is the anniversary of the first show going on that was six years ago wow now that's my 20th wedding anniversary is it mm-hmm. oh I'm having mine in September you want to sit either here or here oh okay so the way it's going to aim oh okay because I really don't want you to sit next to me get the we'll have to put this guy right in between us you smelly the family. bastard you <laughs> Oh, uh, he wants a sky. So, welcome to the Taco Bell uh, podcast. <laughs> Today, we're going to be reviewing our lunch and our flat food. And then we'll be reviewing the bathroom. Anybody get the pindos and cheese? Actually, the flat lunch <laughs> review will be later. Yeah. That'll be the follow up show. This picks up everybody, but it usually is really good about range and picking everybody up. Have that little tripod. The most scintillating conversation ever. Oh, that was great. All right. Just taco made a raccoon. Let's see. What time is it? It, it, it? Oh, my God. I got like six minutes. So this is be a five minute freak. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, welcome to uh, Taco Bell. <laughs> the Taco Bell Round Table. This is the Taco Bell Round Table. All right. So, uh,. Rapid fire introductions here. Hi, I'm Scott Gardner of Two True Freaks. Sitting immediately to my right is Mr. Voice for uh, for Two True Freaks, Todd Green. Hi, how you doing? And uh, to his right is uh, wow, this goes way back. Larry <laughs> Peterson. From, uh, thank you, back. thank you very much. Thank you. Glad I could be here and talk about with you today, Scott. See, I had completely forgotten about that. <laughs> on the, on the, on the, on, was it the forum? On Facebook. Yeah. On Facebook. Yeah, I, 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 I completely forgot about that. So that's you must, yeah, I'm gonna go back and re-listen to that. That's I know great. that's, that's classic. Well, I was telling Todd that uh, I'm pretty sure it's the eighth. Uh, anyway, it's it's the beginning of August was yeah. when we put the first show up. Six years. This this. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. That was Happy a long time ago. Oh, thank you. A lot has changed for you in that. <laughs>